Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And all the time. Some energy. I am gray-haired, but I'm youthful at heart. Now, how about you people who are strong in body? Can we say, the Lord is good? And all the time. And that is his nature. When we say that is his nature, we stand because he's a powerful God. Mm-hmm. Let's do it one last time. The Lord is good. And all the time. And that is his nature. And we clap our hands and shout hallelujah. Amen. Praise be the Lord. I'm happy to have all of you here. And uh, my name is known to you. As I've mentioned before, I thank God that he saved me as a teen. I was 15 years old, and uh, I think I've added about 40 more, so you can add up and know how old I am. And by the grace of God, I am still standing in the faith. Praise the name of the Lord. And so I want to encourage all of us that salvation is for keeps, it's not for quits, and so let's stick there. This morning, even as we come in the presence of the Lord, I just thought about sometimes anybody who feels scared when you see a priest in robes like this, be genuine. Anyone who feels scared or feels shy, feel like, ah, you don't want to identify? Okay. I want to demystify your fears. And uh, I was also like that. Even when I was training to be ordained, I was quite skeptical about these robes. You know, you hear them, Amagandula. Any people who understand Luganda? Yes? Hey. You feel like uh, they are not really good clothes. But let's look at what scripture says in um, Exodus chapter 28. There are lots of other scriptures, actually even 29 and others. But I'm just going to read for us Exodus chapter 28 verse 1 to 8. And then we'll understand the origin of these robes. Exodus chapter... 28. The heading is Garments of the Priests. Garments of the Priests. Now, bring your brother Aaron near and his sons with him from among the sons of Israel so that he may serve as priest to me. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu Eliezer and Ithama, Aaron's sons, you are to make sacred garments, official clothing for reserved for holy services, for Aaron, your brother, for honor and for beauty, ornamentation. Tell all the skilled and talented people whom I have endowed with the spirit of wisdom that they uh, to make Aaron's garments, to sanctify him and set him apart to serve as a priest for me. These are the garments which they shall make. 
a breastplate and an ephod for the breastplate, and a robe and a tunic of checkered work, a turban and a sash. They shall make sacred garments for Aaron your brother and for his sons, so that they may serve me as so that he may serve me as a priest. They are to use the gold and the blue and the purple and the scarlet fabric and fine twisted linen from the people. And they shall make the effort of gold and blue, purple and scarlet fabric and fine twisted linen, skillfully woven and beautifully worked. It is to have two shoulder pieces joined to it is two back and front ends so that it may be joined together. And the skillfully weaving shash, which is on the effort, shall be made of the same materials of gold, of purple, of blue, and scarlet fabric, and fine twisted linen. Praise the Lord. Do you see the description? So when you see us robed like this, it's not that we are out of fashion. Amen? Yeah, they are supposed to be for holy services, and when we stand before the Lord, we are offering a holy service. And so, understand why this is done. And actually, there's a lot more that we do not put on, uh, especially if you have seen the Archbishop when they are either consecrating the... Uh, and a bishop or when they are ordaining priests. There's a lot more that is put on from head uh, downwards. So that is the purpose of the clothing. So personally, from now understanding that it's scripture, it's a command from God himself, I'd like in putting them on. And we are told they are for honor, they are for setting us apart, and for beauty, for the purpose of service. Any people amongst us who would like to be a priest or priests? Anyone who would like to be an ordained priest? None of you have ever thought of being a priest? Okay. We shall keep talking. But when the call comes, please don't hesitate. I'll tell you why. I got a call to be an ordained minister in 2005. Around that time, I was working, I did the work I loved, and I was pursuing my master. So, yeah, I think things were going fine. And for me, I just felt, hmm, I have served the Lord from when I was young, I have known him. Ah, it's well. But I'm telling you, during the consecration of Bishop Zach, anyone who knows Bishop Zach, Nirinjie? Okay, there are a few people who do. That consecration service, the Lord spoke to my heart. He spoke to me. I remember that the preacher was talking about serving God with integrity. And I had had experiences that I felt yeah, that is the way to go. And from that time, I didn't know what to do anyway. I shared with a few friends. They said, well, it's a good thing. And just remain there. So what happened? 
I finished my master's. I continued working, but now I started feeling a dissatisfaction in my heart. The thing that I always wanted to do, I was no longer excited about it. So I thought maybe when I get my master's, I'll either be promoted where I was working or I would maybe get employment out there. But as God would have it, it did not happen. Actually, in 2010, my work that I was doing was phased out the position and was offered a different kind of work, which would be still okay within the organization where I was working. But I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it, so I tried. I, I just decided to resign. I, I, I didn't go back. And I felt, well, I have a master's. Yeah, I've had work experience. Maybe I'll get more employment. And opportunities came. I tried to apply. Actually, I remember I did an interview in one organization and passed well. Now they decided to put the invitation for the second interview on an email, and I was miles away from <laughs> the internet, so to speak. The gadgets uh, I had, I didn't connect, and I didn't know. So that interview passed. Now, another in opportunity came. I applied, I was shortlisted, and it was even in the Church of Uganda. And guess what? I only get to know, I got to know about the interview after it had been done. <laughs> so I was invited, but again, they used email, and I was not uh, keen on uh, checking. And so I wasn't called. I, I, normally, when they do interviews, or they shortlist people, they normally make a call even if they have sent either an email or whatever. But to cut the long story short, I just felt in my spirit that that is what God was pointing me to. Now from 2010 to 2012, I had not got employment. But the moment I realized that God is calling me to be an ordained minister, I got such great peace. Hallelujah. You hear of the peace that surpasses all understanding. That is what I have felt from 2012 to date. Yes, I could have done work and got a lot of money and done so many other things out there, traveled and all, but I obeyed the call of the Lord and the rest is history. So I encourage you, if you hear the call of the Lord as the Bible says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. So I believe and I know that there could be an archbishop seated among us, a future archbishop. There could be a future bishop. There could be future priests among us, but just because either we have not heard clearly or we are just not so sure. So please, when you hear, let us know so that we pray with you and walk together with you. Now, this is what I ripped by playing cool, playing like Jonah. I was told to go to Nineveh, like him, go to train for the end ministry. I kept dilly darling. I went to Tashish like he did. And when I remained there, when the time came for me to 
seriously consider. It was a bit late. I was over age for the sponsorship, so I had to pay fees to train as a priest. It was tough, but again, when God calls you, he provides. God provided through my family, and here I am as a priest to the glory and honor of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was supposed to invite a preacher, but it seems the preacher is not here. <laughs> so the preacher will have to be me. Pray with me that the Lord will help me to share something. The word of God tells us that we should be prepared in and out of season. Let us pray together even as we continue. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. I give you praise, I give you glory, I honor you. And I thank you for your word, that even as we share this morning, will you encourage us, will you challenge us, will you rebuke us, will you guide us. The Lord will be blessed beyond measure, and may glory and honor return to you. Use me, Lord, giving the word that you'd want this, your people, to hear. And Lord, King of glory, let me decrease as you increase in me. Speak that your people will be able to listen and let your word accomplish that which you have sent it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's turn to the scripture that was read for us. The scripture in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, from verse 6. The Bible says, now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows generously, in bracket, that blesses, that blessings may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. I'm using the amplified version of the Bible. Sowing and reaping. Any people that have ever been to a garden or you've seen crops grow, you participated in planting. Anyone who has ever participated in planting? Okay, very few of us. Thank you. The principle of sowing and reaping. First of all, will you expect a crop to grow if no seed is planted? Is that possible? No? Yeah, because unless if it's a miracle, we know in Ibusoga we say Jamera Jene. Any Musoga in the house? Oh, okay, I'm the only one. Jamerajen means that uh, it could be trees, it could be any other crop. It has grown by itself, but really not by itself, but it could be broadcast by either birds or wind or something. Maybe a plant grew, uh, its seeds burst out, they dried, and they were sent by wind or birds, and so they were able to grow. Something made it uh, planted in the soil. So we need to know that for us to be able to reap, we must sow. 
And reaping is not only in the agricultural sense here or sowing, but in all respects of life. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the topic and focus for today is about abundant blessings out of giving. Abundant blessings out of giving. And so we are seeing that we can sow and reap, we can give and also be blessed. And as the scripture is saying in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, that if we give sparingly, if we give, what is the least denomination of money these days? Is it 50 shillings? Are they still there? No. I think I see 100. So if you have many denominations and for you, you choose to give the 100, you'll expect also to reap around the coins. Hmm? <laughs> you sow coins, you reap coins because it has to be the same measure. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, if someone can read for us there, thank you. Someone can read for us Luke chapter 6, verse 38. You are being volunteered by your neighbor. Okay, she's nearer. Six thirty-eight. I don't know whether it's on. Luke chapter six, verse thirty-eight. Give and you will receive, your gift will return to you in full praise down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You say the last bit. The amount? The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Okay, thank you. Let's appreciate her for reading. The amount you give will determine the amount you receive. Just like I've said, if you've given in coins, you'll expect among the coins. What is the highest coin? A thousand. Okay, yeah, you've given a hundred, maybe if it's shaken together and pressed down ten times, it will come back to a thousand. What happens if you give a fifty thousand note? That is the highest note, isn't it? So it could be shaken together and come back. If it's also 10 times, how much would that be? Hello, where are my mathematicians? 500,000. So, would you be happier to receive 1,000 or 500,000? Yeah? Some of us are comfortable receiving 1,000. But the higher we give and more so from our hearts, the better the return. A good measure shaken together, running over, is what will come back to you. And I want to tell you, it's not just in monetary terms. 
it is all life. God's blessings are in all life. You will give money. You will give your time. You'll give of your talents. You'll give of your... What can I call it? Grace, the compassion you have for people to be able to reach out to minister to other people. That is all giving. So if you say, ah, it's hospital ministry and uh, for me, I think I'll only be there. I'll go with the people, I'll wait for them. You're not interceding for them, but you're saying, ah, how do I go to Cancer Institute? Eh, I understand people are in Cancer Institute, really look horrible, they are emaciated. Some of them, their hair is falling off. I would not like to go there. So for you, you have gone, but you remain in the vehicle. Say you've organized a mission to Mlago Hospital Cancer Institute. And then the others are going and they are shandering, praying, God, remember these people, help them. They even get out part of their money and they give. They are there to support them. I know people that have been participating in compassion ministry and they say, let's take a hot meal to people in Cancer Institute. The blessing will come to you based on your sacrifice, based on how much you give. So let's give generously. If we choose to give time, let's give it. I had family life ministry here at the cathedral and youth ministry, teens, service, youth, children all follow under the family life ministry. And um, I've been burdened and challenged about the ministry to younger people, to the children, to the teens, and to the youth. And I know that because of the big number of the adults here at the cathedral, especially on Sundays, we find ourselves as priests so limited to the big church because we are all needed there. And especially when there is Holy Communion, the more the priests, the better because we are the only ones who serve in Holy Communion. And so we help to finish the service early. But I just felt, well, what happens to these young people? Because they are the church of today, but also the church of tomorrow. Like I've mentioned we are grooming some archbishop here in the future. We are grooming bishops. We are grooming priests. We are grooming important people. Maybe a president will come from among us too. So we must be there. We must help you to know the ways of the Lord. I mentioned to you that I got born again when I was only 15 years. If I was not helped, I would not know what to do. I would not be serving the Lord the way I am today. So there is need for us to invest in the youth, in the children, in the teens. And I'm glad that I'm connecting with you as a teen, that in my salvation journey, it began when I was a teen. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage and inspire you young people that desire to know the Lord, desire to serve the Lord, desire to commit yourself to God as you serve others. Now, I mentioned about time, giving our time. Now, when the burden was impressed upon me, I shared with the rest of the clergy. I said, I think we just must purpose to be present with the twins, with the youth, and with the children. And as it would be, I thank God it has been approved. 
I think you have seen some priests come to the services. Have you? Yes. Is that a good thing? Or should we go away? It's a good thing. If it's a good thing, let's clap to the Lord for it. So now today, I am on duty for the teen services and also the youth service. So I'm here from morning. I led the 8 o'clock service. I'm here with you this service. I'll be with the teens in the next service. But I'll also be in the youth service at 3 p.m. So pray with me that God will give me the grace to be able to go all the way. We must sacrifice. When we love the Lord, we must give our best. We know that God loved us so much that he gave. What did he give? His only begotten son. Anyone who aspires to be a parent? Yes, some people are not sure. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it is a great thing to be a parent. And you treasure your children. Leave alone the distortion that uh, people are told, your parents are bad, your parents don't like you. It's not correct. That's a lie from the devil. They may be challenged as parents. They might be also going through a lot as parents, but no parent hates their child. If they do, that's the work of the devil. But the Bible tells us that even if your parent might abandon you, God will never abandon you. God loves each and every one of us. And so, because he loved, he gave his best. He gave Jesus Christ so that we might be saved. He gave generously that we are saved the entire world. We cannot say that we need another Jesus, another Savior to come and save the people in Ukraine or Russia. We do not need another Savior to save the Muslims. Jesus died for everyone. Let's clap for Jesus Christ. He is the savior of the world today. He was given generously and he gave also his own life. Have you heard about the story of a hen? I will not use the other animal. Let me use the goat. That if a goat is to serve or to be used to serve um, guests it has to give its own life the full life for meat to come from the goat it has to come through a slaughter but if it's a hen there is an option what is the option for the hen to serve visitors eggs yeah you can spare the hen and serve guests with the eggs and I know people who are interested in catering and uh, all that cookery, they can make very wonderful dishes out of eggs and you can enjoy them. But if it has to be a goat, it has to be itself. Even if it has to be this kid, it still has to be the real life of a goat. So there was no alternative for God to save you and me. It had to be only Jesus. The angels could not do it. 
because they don't have a body. Jesus had to come in human flesh to identify with us as humans so that when he dies, he has paid for our sins. And we thank God that he did not remain in the grave. He is alive forever so that we have an assurance that even us, when we go through this life, even if we have to die, we will live forever to the glory and the honor of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So verse 7 gives us counsel. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Hmm? Let me read that last bit. God delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. And I'm glad that we are sharing before the, the giving. Is your heart in the gift? Did you come from home after purposing how much to give today? I know of people who just say, ah, especially those who have pockets. You know there is money there. You just dip in there and uh, you're trying to struggle to look for the least, either note or least uh, coin. And uh, sometimes as you do some of the big notes or big coins come out and you don't want to be seen, you quickly run for it so that you push it back. And those of us who have the wallets, you are also there and you are trying to scratch. But who gives the money? Who is the source of the money? It's God. Thank you very much. And so if it comes from God, is it too much to give him the biggest note? Is it too much? Is it too much to give him an amount that you have purpose? And I'm not saying that you give everything, but purpose. Choose what you want to give. Sometimes I'm challenged and I'm encouraged that the biggest note that I have on me is what I would take to church. And I have seen the blessings of the Lord. I've seen the blessings of the Lord and as I've mentioned, sometimes it's not just in the money that people give to you. But I have lived to see that yes, people can also give you money. Uh, recently we had a new member of a family. Someone asked us that they could be part of our family and we graciously received this person. And guess what? As we did so, the Lord blessed this person and the person is working in one of very powerful organizations in this world, not in Uganda. And this person said, I am going to be contributing to the made costs in your house. And we said, okay, we waited and see. And we were so amazed that the person was giving a lot more than the cost for the maid. And we have some more to spare. We have two people working for us, not only in their home, but somewhere else. And so we can comfortably take care of the costs of our workers, but through a blessing of someone whom we have simply taken on 
given our time, given our love. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God has also given us good life. Generally speaking, there is a lot of struggle, a lot of pain that people go through because of ailments and a lot of expenses. But if you are healthy, please thank God and continue to work at keeping healthy. Keep healthy by exercising, keep healthy by eating well, keep healthy by not worrying so much. You're a young person. I know there could be challenges and struggles here. I hear sometimes there's a lot of bullying in school and some people really feel so bad about it. But please share with an adult, share with a teacher, share with your parent, share with us that we can pray together that there can be something done so that you do not leave hell on earth. Leave the worries to God. He says, cast your cares unto me for I care for you. Whatever it is that you might be going through. Sometimes young girls are misled and told, you know, you don't look good enough. You must change the skin of your color. I mean the color of your skin. I don't know about men. I knew of one person also who was a man and used to change his skin. And I want to tell you, this person who looks so nice, when he would go to the bathroom, he would take forever to come out with shampoos, with, the, you know, uh, shower gels and everything and everything else. But I want to tell you, this person ended up miserably. This person happened to be my dear brother, flesh brother. And guess what? He developed skin cancer. It was so bad that you could see this person who was not just handsome but now turned beautiful because of turning the skin and all. And you did not want to see his skin because it all got so affected. It was so bad. And he died so early at only 46 years. He was a professor. But that is how his life was cut. I want to encourage and challenge you young people. The Bible tells us we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Tell yourself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Touch your skin. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Let no one deceive you that you are not good enough that you are not beautiful enough, that you are not handsome enough. I want to thank God for the grooming that my late grandmother gave me. Some of you know that I lost my mom when I was just one year old. And so I was left in the care of her mother, who became my mother. And my grandmother told me, never abuse anyone based on their makeup, the physical makeup. Because if you abuse them, for instance, you say, ah, this person has small eyes, the other one has a big head, the other one has plastic legs, you know, and, and many you know, abuses that people make. You are abusing God because that person is made in the image of God. The Bible tells us that God made human beings in his own image, in his own likeness. So, do you think God is 
What is the opposite of beauty? Ugly. Do you think God is ugly? Yes? No. So if God is not ugly, why do you think for you you are ugly? I do not know. I know there are people who will judge. They may use their own standards and say this one's more handsome, the other more beautiful. But as far as I'm concerned, everybody is beautiful. Everyone is handsome. So we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Someone who is wonderfully made, can they be ugly? Do you think that's possible? So please refuse to listen to the lies that people give you that you are not beautiful enough, you are not handsome enough. I want to encourage us that even as we purpose to give, remember that God has given you that beautiful skin color. He has given you that height. He has given you all that you are, including the wisdom that you can be able to make judgment. And he's the one who has given you life so that you can be able to get some money. Many of you might be getting money from your parents, so you may not have to determine so much what to give. But I've heard someone say they are working. As you work, please remember, we need to give, first of all, the tithe. One out of ten of whatever you earn that you can bring back to the house of God and God blesses you. He promises in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 to 12, that he will bless you, that there will be abundance, there will not be room enough to contain it. So as you receive your money, even your pocket money, please be faithful to give a tennis. It's not too much, but actually it is paving a blessing for you, that abundant blessing. Read for me, uh, you have read, can you read for me Malachi chapter 3, verse 10? Uh, we'll get, I think, up to 12. You know where Malachi is? Anyone who has seen Malachi? Please come. Malachi chapter ten, chapter three, verse ten to to twelve. Bring all the tents into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. And, and I will rebuke the devourer for the sex so that he will not be destroyed the fruits of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruits for you in the field says the lord of hosts and all nations will call you blessed call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the lord of hosts amen thank you so much let's appreciate him too God is saying, bring a tenth. If you have 1,000 shillings, how much is a tenth? Hello? 
What is a tenth of 1,000? Yes? 100. Thank you very much. If you have 100,000, what is the tenth? It is 10,000. Let's be keen on that so that we don't cheat ourselves. You have heard the measure you use is the measure that is given back to you. But as far as the tenth is concerned, if you give the full tithe, the Lord is promising, he will bless you that there will be not room enough to contain it. That he will also rebuke the devourer, a destroyer, the misfortunes, the calamities. Any people who are working in this house? If you're working, please put up your hand. Anyone working somewhere? Okay, thank you. Have you heard or experienced a situation or seen people, they say it's when they are about to receive their money, maybe at the end of the month if they're earning on a monthly basis, or it's when they sell their products, that's when problems come. Have you heard of such people? The problems are coming sometimes because you are not faithful in your giving. You think, I, I must cling to this money I have. I just can't give it away. But that is sparing. And so you're closing your hands, yet you expect to receive. Now, what are you receiving? When you love the Lord, you love him with all your heart. We heard in scripture that our heart must be in our gift. So we need to give after we have purposed. And part of the blessing that comes with it is that God is able, uh, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always have enough, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. When we give, we are giving to the giver, the giver who gives everything. Let's give generously, let's give without reservation, let's give with love, let's give rejoicing because he says he loves a cheerful giver. And even at the end of it all, he says in verse 11, you'll be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. And this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. Have you ever given to somebody or done something for someone? What is the common response when you give? What do people normally say when you give them something? Thank you. What is the other? God bless you. They're blessing you for giving. So let's be willing to give. You know, you hear people, oh, God bless you. You know, you receive what you desire because you have given. So that outflow of thanksgiving to God through the people you have touched also comes back to you. So even as you grow, even as you study, even as you work, my young people, 
my encouragement to you is please learn to give. We gave, as I mentioned, for me to be able to train as a minister. And it was a joy. God had already challenged us as a family. We have had moments when we support some people who are in full-time ministry. And we understood that in our nation, in our continent, it's not common for people to be supported as they serve the Lord. And so God challenged us that we should be able to serve him using our resources. We prayed as a family. And God was gracious. He was able to give us some work to do. And as we have kept serving the Lord, we realized that that was such a great joy that for me to have my family pay to be able to train as a priest is such a great privilege because it all comes from the Lord. I do not have to wait for a church to sponsor me. There are things the Lord has done. Some of you have heard uh, about travels to Egypt and Israel. The first time I went there, I went with my husband. We prayed for ourselves. But just about, yeah, last month, I had to go to Egypt and Israel without paying a single pay, coin or penny. I was sponsored to lead a team there. So when we do the work of the Lord, the Lord will bless us. So if you want to be blessed, Please bless others, bless the Lord, bless the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's bow in prayer. And as you reflect about the giving, it starts by giving our lives. I started by mentioning to you that I gave my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I do not know about you. You may never have given yourself to the Lord, but you hear his voice saying, come. Come to me, all you who labor under heavy laden. Come, come to me, all you who are struggling in one way or the other. The Spirit of the Lord is convicting you to give your life to Christ. I invite you to put up your hand straight so that we can pray. But you could also be there. You were born again at some point, but you fell back and you want to return. I also invite you to stand after you put up your hand. Just quick the courage to stand so that we can pray together. All eyes still closed, all heads bowed. If you feel the conviction to come to the Lord, giving yourself first before you can give the gifts and talents, put up your hand right straight, but also just stand up so that we can pray together that the Lord will continue to guide you on how to live a blessed life. If you're there, thank you for that hand. Please stand up. You put up your hand, just be honest and stand up wherever you are. Stand up and just feel the courage, pick the courage to walk forth. All of us still bowed heads, all of us still closed in our eyes. Let's just keep in prayer for someone who has not come to know the Lord. Please, those of you who feel that the Lord is coming, calling you to come to him, just walk in front here. The choir, please give me a short song as we receive our friends. Let's continue in prayer. It's a moment of decision. It's a matter of life. God gives us a choice to choose life or death. Our friends are choosing life. Please walk forward if you want to receive the Lord. Just walk forward. Don't be ashamed. Come.
come and if you are still there please we are still in a moment of prayer bow in prayer meditate on the lord what is he telling you those of you who want to come to the lord please come forth